Welcome to Horror Hideout, our little hideaway from the real world, taking a dive into the spooky side. This podcast is going to be all things horror-related, movies, paranormal, a little true crime, pretty much all things that relate to the horror genre. So if spooky is your jam, then let's be friends. Welcome to Horror Hideout. I'm Kenzie. And I'm Peyton. And we decided that it'd be fun to do some episodes based off movies that we've watched this year because we have a goal to watch half a year's worth of new horror movie watches. So I think that adds up to like 182 and a half. That sounds about right. And also, we will do a podcast based on every 10th movie that we watch. So we've watched 10 so far for the year. We're now commenting on these 10. And we're going to talk about the uh, summary of these videos and what we think about them, whether we recommend them or don't recommend them, etc. Okay, so let's just jump straight into it. The first one that we watched was Flesh and Blood. And this is part of the End of the Dark anthology series on Hulu. They're based on different holidays. And this one is based off of Thanksgiving. But it really isn't based, like, you don't have to watch this around that holiday. Like, I don't feel like it has a heavy focus on it. But this one's about a girl that is suffering from this disorder where she has extreme anxiety to leave her house after the death of her mother. And she ends up getting this necklace from her dad. And she's watching this news video and she sees this girl that went missing. And she has this necklace that is the same exact necklace that she got from her father. So she starts to question things and then she finds more and more suspicious things as she goes. So basically her trying to figure out what the heck is happening. What'd you call that disorder? Uh, agoraphobia? Yeah, I, I looked at that word and I was like, I'm not even going to attempt to say it. So I said extreme anxiety. There you go. Google definition is extreme or irrational fear of entering open or crowded places, of leaving one's own home, or of being in places uh, from which escape is difficult. Let me tell you what I think of this movie real quick. I think it's like Disturbia in reverse. It's like the girl lives in the house with the murderer and she's suspecting that the murderer is the murderer i'll leave it at that but that's about what i think the movie is okay i like i like that i like that i never even thought of it like that but exactly and like we don't want to give any spoilers in these recaps i would love to do some side episodes where it's like spoiler episodes off of movies but for sure for this one we just want to give recommendations so we're gonna leave it at that but this one was really good it was one of those movies that you think it's going a certain way you think it's cliche you think you've seen this plot before and then it kind of flips and turn in, turns into its own thing and so I really liked this at first I was like I'm gonna hate this even halfway through I was like nope this is the same plot we've seen a million times. If I could comment on scary movies, if there's something that's very consistent, it's that mov- scary movies get worse as they progress, right? You you like how it starts. It's good in the middle and then it ends crappy. It seems like this movie's kind of in reverse. So it's almost like crappy at the beginning and it progressively gets better as it goes. If you like true crime, I really think you'll like this one. So definitely go check it out. And if you haven't checked out any of the Into the Dark anthology series on Hulu, for sure watch them. There are some hit and miss ones. Most of them I have liked, but there are a handful that I'm like, eh, that was all right. But this is on Hulu. And then next up, we have Funhouse. Ooh, this is a fun one. Do you want to take over this one? Let's do it. Funhouse. It's eight celebrities from around the world that are, sorry, that are invited to compete in an online reality show. They soon realize that they are playing for their very lives as those voted off suffer horrific consequences broadcast live to the entire world. So the way that I see this movie is it's like what you see like in real life, right? I mean, everybody wants to film everything. They want to see stuff live. Um, You know, I was commenting to a friend the other day and, um, we were saying, like, if a friend was drowning in a lake, his friend would pull out his camera and be like, oh, we got to film that first. And uh, that's just what people feed off of online, right? So this, it's almost like uh, the Hunger Games, but they're going through all these, like, stunts and stuff. And each person kind of has, like, their typical, like, uh, personalities and stuff like that. But um, they start to realize that it's kind of, like, demonic. And, not, not sorry, not demonic, but... Uh, Satanic. Sure. I mean, it's like, I would say Hunger Games meets uh, Squid Games. Mixed with Saw. Mixed with Saw. Well, and so what what happens is that they do these challenges, right? I mean, we all remember like the Tide Pod challenge and like the, what what's the cinnamon challenge? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, if, I mean, sorry, if you are not a millennial, <laughs> you probably have no idea what we're talking about, but 
the cinnamon challenge, but it's like they start doing these things and there's a big repercussion of not doing the challenges. And if they don't do it, it's a very graphic, uh, painful consequence. Basically, the people who aren't part of that challenge uh, suddenly start realizing what's happening. And that's where kind of the Squid Games concept starts to come in and, and stuff like that. They're locked into this challenge type stuff. So that's how I'd see it. Uh, the guy who's running it is very twisted. He kind of has a, like a like a charming personality, but he's uh, very invested in it. And uh, I don't know. What would you say? I would say this movie is Squid Games, like you said, mixed with Big Brother. Like it's people living in a house and so you kind of see that aspect of it, which I wish it would have done a little bit more of that. But it's people living in a house together and they're being voted on. So people are watching live. They're being voted on who gets to stay, who gets to compete in these challenges to like live or die. And it just gets more morbid. So it's just trying to build up that like following like Hunger Games, you know, with the sponsors. I just wish they would have leaned a little. I feel like it was so rushed. The plot was very rushed. I wish we got to see it's more almost of the a, house. It's almost a slow burner, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, like, starts slow. They're all kind of, like, figuring things out. And even when, like, stuff is hitting the fan, they are, like, I don't know. They're, like, still trying to process it. It's almost, like, very slow. And then suddenly everything, like, the last maybe, like, quarter of the movie just explodes into this, like, crazy ending. And uh, I'll tell you what, though, the ending did surprise me. I was very surprised at the ending. I kind of suspected it, but I was very surprised. And it it was just like, I don't know. So there's like, be prepared for kind of this big introduction and then kind of like a quick ending. But I, I'll, I don't know. I give it like what we rate things on what a five scale. Mm-hmm. So one out of five. I What did I give that one? Um, I thought a four. I gave it a four. So I'm pretty sure you gave it a four, too. Yeah. Pretty sure. I just think if they would have done a little bit more in the house of them trying to build up that sponsorship, trying to get people to vote for them, I think that would have upped it a little bit, but it was just kind of rushed. And then it it was, it like literally was them showing how many votes they got, something happens. Them showing how many votes they have, have something happens. Yeah. Like I wanted a little bit more of them trying to compete for that number one well, spot. And when I compare it to Hunger Games, um, it reminds me of... Like, before they're in the arena, they're trying to get sponsors, right? They're trying to be charming. They're trying to get people to love them. And that's kind of, like, what's happening in the in the series here, so. The funny thing is, is Bill Skarsgård, who I love, Pennywise, his brother's in this, Walter. And it was just funny because I'm like, okay, it was, like, I mean, Bill got this huge role of Pennywise in the movie theater. Like, top box office you know, and then Walter's in this Hulu movie. Here's a funny on top of that. Funny, you are obsessed with Bill Skarsgård, and I was the one that figured it out. I was like, this dude looks like Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> and Kenzie, anytime, here's the thing, anytime we watch a movie, and I'm like, that dude looks like so-and-so, or I'm not sure who that person is, Kenzie has to IMDB it, or like fact check the the actor, and uh, I, I verbatim was like, this dude looks like a Skarsgård brother, and sure enough, it was. So, yeah, tooting my own horn over here. I am that TikTok where it's like me over there Googling on IMDb every single movie that person's in. That is me every movie we watch. I spend probably the first 10 minutes of the movie researching, like, this is what this person's in. Because I see them, I'm like, that person looks so familiar. I have to look it up. So I sit and do that forever. And when I saw that, I'm like, what? Yeah, that was pretty cool. For sure. All right, what's the third movie? Next up is Halloween Kills. Do you want to you wanna go on this one? I think this is you. Okay. So this one takes place after the last movie, which, what was the last movie? Just Halloween something? All right, I'm taking over from this point. <laughs> so basically, I, honestly, I'm taking over because I'm a big Halloween fan. Uh, and not the Rob Zombie series. I'm talking about the original, original, right? So there's the original, you know, Michael Myers. There's, uh, you know, there's the, what's her name? Laurie. No, who's the real girl? Laurie. Freaky Friday. Laurie. Oh, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Sorry. That's that's how I know her. But the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, character kind of progresses in like the actual series, right? And uh, prior to Halloween Kills... Uh, you get reintroduced to her again. And I think, I want to say Halloween H2O is when you see Jamie Lee Curtis again. 
and 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 I could be wrong on that, but anyway, uh, you see her again. She's got a daughter, and basically, her daughter thinks that her mom's is crazy. She has no idea who Michael Myers is, right? She's kind of shielded her from like life and her past and stuff like that. But uh, but she's also very aware. Jamie Lee Curtis is right, Laurie Strode, and uh, she's almost in this like self defense mode at all times. And her daughter thinks she's crazy because of that. Through thick and thin, basically Michael Myers does what he does best, and he escapes from this mental asylum and starts going on his like uh, killing, you know, streak and stuff like that. So uh, basically, he moves into this, uh, you know, crazy. What would you call it? Like a like fort, right? She's like basically in a fort. Yeah, like a house that has like booby traps yeah. and all of that. So anyway, he makes it through all that, and uh, plot twist: he lives through everything and. There's Halloween Kills. That's a sequel to it. So Halloween Kills takes place after all of the booby trap stuff. And it's just like this epic montage of Michael Myers. And the thing I like about this movie is everything that you grew to love about Halloween is in this movie. It kind of goes back to the original 80s. There's a lot of flashbacks in it. It's showing kind of like classic scenes, but like in that 2021 fashion. And then it keeps jumping to the future of stuff that's happening as well. And ultimately, it's like this killing streak montage. It's almost like Halloween meets Mortal Kombat. That's honestly the way that I put it. There's <laughs> like the most deaths that will ever happen in ha any Halloween movie is Halloween Kills. I mean, the fatalities, the finish him, everything is in that. And, and that's what they based this movie on. They wanted it to have the most kills in yep. a horror movie. Maximum gore, maximum Michael Myers. So it's not really like scary in the sense that like you have no idea where he is. He's kind of like the center focus of the actual film. So, you know, watchers beware. It's not the classic. It's almost like the classic, but like renovated. I, it's hard to explain because Halloween... Uh, in the Rob Zombie remake, I just, they botched it. I really don't like it. I hate Rob Zombie. And honestly, Kenzie's going to hate me. I hate most of his films. And this movie, though, it's amazing. I actually loved Halloween Kills, and I don't think that she was a big fan of it. Tell me your thoughts. Did you like this more than the last one, though? Honestly, I feel like I have to go back and rewatch it again to kind of compare. Because, I mean, what it, it, I'm pretty sure it's a 2019 film. I could be wrong. No, it... I'm pretty sure it came out in 2019. This was supposed to come out in 2020, this last one, but then the pandemic pushed it to 2021. Yep. It it but it is stereotypical horror fashion and it like is so good and then it ends terribly. It's just I don't know what it is about horror movies and ending like flawlessly, but this movie just had a difficult time like I don't know. We it, it's hard. I don't want to ruin stuff for people and like deliver too much but it's very typical halloween but it just like makes your mortal combat like michael myers is epic he's doing what he does best they're capitalizing on it um but there's also like a story behind it well i grew up watching like the rob zombie halloweens like i watched that before i saw the original tragic i just, I just barely watched the original what last year and so I feel like I am so used to Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is so over the top, so sexualized, gore, all of that. So then going back to the original Halloween, I'm like, this is so toned down. Like, Michael isn't as intense, all of that. But now I've learned to love the original Halloweens. So then going into this one, so the last one before this, I loved Jamie Lee Curtis is such a badass. Like, all she her is. traps, mm -hmm. all of that. Like, she is such an awesome final girl. She's probably one of my top final girls. And this last one, I just feel like they went so much for shock factor and gore and blood and kills. And they're just killing every person. And then they bring all these legacy characters back only to, like, murder them right away. Exactly. Like, what's the point of bringing people back mm -hmm. if that's going to happen? Yeah, you get, like, this, like, quick hope and then quick, like... Oh, that's it. Okay. You know, and then you exactly. move on. Oh, quick hope. Oh, quick. That's, that's it. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It, there's like a spoiler alert, honestly, at some point. And don't listen to this now. Like skip maybe 30 seconds ahead. But there's a scene 
where Michael Myers just fights like 50 people at the same time. I mean, he's getting, he's getting shot. He's getting hit. Like, it's really unreal. But I'll tell you this. The thing I respect about it is that we've all suspected that Michael Myers is not from this earth, right? And Jamie Lee Curtis kind of covers that to some degree. She's just like, he's not the person you think. Like, he's not of this, like, world. Like, like everything that you think about him, you're underestimating. And it's really cool that she covers that in that scene. And I'm, I'm going to leave the rest of the details to the movie. But I don't know. That's what I respect about it. The thing I didn't like about this, too, besides what I just said, is that Jamie Lee Curtis is a badass, but in this movie, she was not. She's in the hospital. She's, like, bedridden. She can't go fight and do all that cool stuff, which in the next one, Halloween ends, it looks like she finally does get out and gets to, like, have that moment. Well, because you had her finally, like, epically, like, so prior to that, she's this epic character, right? And then she's just weak. So it's like she's not the character that you think you remember. So I can see that. I think they're trying to build you up to what they want you to see her. And it it's a little you have to be open minded to see that. Yeah, I get that. But it's just like going from that where she's so badass to like very like bedridden, can't do anything. Like I want it like I watch Halloween for her. Like I wanna see Laurie Strode kicking Michael Myers ass. And the fact that she's stuck in this hospital bed, she can't do anything. It's like, I don't care about these side characters. And then seeing these side characters, legacy characters come in and just get like flung across the room like it, they're nothing. It's, it's just such a waste. It's just, I don't understand that. Well, I'll be a big advocator for that movie. I actually like it a lot more than obviously you do. But there's a there's a whole scene towards the end that takes place in the in the hospital that kind of like... I don't know, there's kind of like a riot that's happening and like freak outish people and stuff like that. That's what I don't like about it. And it's a very long scene too. It's drug out and it's like, what the hell is happening? Why is this happening? This is stupid. And um, I don't know, it's hard. I'm, I'm very tempted to spoil it, but I'm just going to not. I'm not. Spoiler free zone, Peyton. Spoiler right. free zone. Anyway, so let's move on here. What? Oh, and by the way, you can uh, watch this on HBO Max or any streaming service that offers rentals aka probably prime youtube Redbox. there you go let's talk about the next one what do you got kens next we have texas chainsaw massacre 2022 what are your thoughts on this peyton i'll start with you because i feel like i'm doing a lot of talking so really i feel like i'm talking a lot <laughs> i don't know sometimes i feel like i over talk but no it's fine um after nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. So here's a slightly more detailed version of that. And it's kind of in the trailer. So once again, a spoiler alert, but there's some kind of a community of people that's buying out this town for whatever reason. It could be a cult, religious affair, something like that. And as they come into this town, um, they find this woman who is living there and she's very ill and she has no idea. Well, I mean, she's just kind of like she's just ill, right? She has a lot of needs and it kind of shadowy reflects this one character who might be Leatherface. Spoiler alert, ends up being him. But what happens is this... Uh, what happens to the character that has to go to the hospital? Is it the mom? The mom dies, mm -hmm. right? On the way to the hospital. So as the town's like, hey, we're buying this town, but they're like, oh, well. And they're like very like liberal, by the way. If anybody's watching this and they're a liberal, I'm sorry, but they're very like overly caring. They're just like, oh, no, like we can't be doing anything as long as somebody's living here. And all of a sudden the person dies. So the person is going to the hospital. This is the mother of uh, Leatherface. And, you know, Leatherface is very devastated. He's just like very caring. It's almost like he's given up everything that you've thought of in uh, everything you've watched. Right. He's like just like this different person. And uh, at, on their way to the hospital, the mom dies. And that's when Leatherface is just like so upset. He's just pissed. He just like murders everybody in that vehicle. And then he just walks casually back to the town. So um, at this point, this is where, you know, typical 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff happens and you know, it's about everything you want to expect in that movie. It's actually pretty good. Um, there is a plot twist to this and um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cautious, Ken's, because I don't want to ruin like, you know, content and uh, we never really talked about like, um, we try not to spoil stuff. We talk about doing like spoiler bonus episodes where we can go a little bit more into detail on episodes, but yeah. You know, th- this one's hard because you it's just- It's hard because you, you, it's Leatherface. It's yeah. not like it's, it's, uh, it's, you just, you don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Okay. So- Basically, he comes back to the town where he was, and everybody who's buying this town for their cult purpose is still there. And if you've seen the trailers to this, you start seeing like a like a scene where they're on the bus, and he's like, like one liberal dude is like, like do anything, and you're canceled, bro, and he just gets murdered. There's Can like, I stop you? Good. That was the most stupid scene in this whole movie, and I I feel like they put that in there. They're like, yeah, this is gonna like pertain to all the teens and the young people in the world that was the most stupid i'm gonna twist this i think the director hates liberals and that's a liberal thing like i'm not getting political but it is they're just like people like that are just like oh do anything you're canceled bro or like i'm just like like i am done supporting you like you can't unsupport Leatherface, if you're in front of him, Leatherface you're doesn't dead. give two shits. He you. doesn't give two shits, so he kills them. They all die, and there's a lot going on in in, in this town, right? As that's happening and stuff like that. So uh, that's kind of the the whole plot of it. But uh, there's a side thing that's happening, and this is where Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Halloween Kills, and there is a character from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Who is, you know, she's kind of like, what is her name? Laurie Strode? Yeah. Yeah, she's like Laurie Strode and she's epically coming back for a vengeance. She just wants revenge. She wants to kill Leatherface. Her whole life purpose is just building up for this moment. And she is like somewhat in the movie here and there. It's like preparing you for this epic conflict. And she comes into the movie and then just, I don't even know, Ken's like, I just want to say this, but it's like blue balls. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're blue balled. Why are you blue balled? Because you are just built up for something happy. You want the happy ending and you don't get the happy ending. For our young listeners, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but it's like you're let on. You're let on for something and you don't get it. And it's just like, and it's almost like they took it from Halloween Kills. And I like it that you put that before Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Massacre because it's like, I don't know, it's like it's inspired by that. I definitely feel like Halloween Kills, like, they took that from that. They took Sally Hardesty, brought her back from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're like, okay, they have Laurie Strode. Let's bring back Sally. But then they gave Sally no justice. Like, she didn't even, like, she had no fight in her. Like, Leatherface picked her up like she was nothing. And that's what I hate. Don't bring back legacy characters if you're going to dispose of them like that. Because final girls are final girls for a reason. Don't take that from them. Like, that pisses me off. And, like, w- like literally, what was the point of having her in? Even in the trailer, what did I tell you? I'm like, this is literally Laurie Strode. Yeah. They're, take- they're taking that same concept and bringing it you in just it. Yeah, verbatim. because it worked for that one. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we're going to do that, too. But they just didn't execute it right. They should have had her survive or at least put up enough fight that it was worth bringing her back. Well, they try to, right? I mean, they almost like like fake out her death and then she comes back and then does something and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, no, Boner's dead. That's it. And like, honestly, I, I hate to admit it, but like, that's just like a, that's just, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? Um, a spoiler alert. Like, we've said it a lot this time. If if you're spoiled, like, it is what it is. You're, you're listening at this point. So it's just, I don't know. It could have been so much better. The characters weren't bad. The script wasn't bad. It just wasn't executed properly. That's all it comes down to. What are you smiling about? I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of different scenes that happen. You know? You know what my favorite scene in this whole movie is? Mm. Is when the sister, you think she's dead and she comes back and she, like, what, like, she brought, I, 
You know, I'm just going to say it. She runs in and she's like, hey, Leatherfuck. I don't know what she says, but I died. That was that moment alone. I'm like, yes. The whole. Yes. No. The movie, <laughs> the, the scene that I thought was bullshit was when the, it's the very end. And honestly, if you don't want to hear this, just like honestly, fast forward another 60 seconds, I guess. But like they're driving away at the end of the movie in a Tesla. Okay. <laughs> a Tesla. So, you know, it's 2022. And. You're just like, oh, cool. He finally died. Like, cool. They stood up and they did it. It was a very believable, like, like death to the, the, you know, antagonist. And then all of a sudden Leatherface just comes in just like, you know, this dragonish. like, I don't even know how to explain it. He just like rips the girl out of the window, like of the Tesla. Like he's just all, all of a sudden like Superman and just saws her in half. And all of a sudden, like, the main girl is just, like, crying. And she's just standing out of the, the sun shield or sun window of this Tesla. And the Tesla is driving by itself, by the way. Apparently, that's a thing. I'm not aware of that. But it's just driving away by itself. And she's just like, no. And it's so freaking dumb. Can I just ask you? You're wondering why a Tesla is driving by itself? Did you literally just ask that? Well, they can Isn't do that. Isn't that like the biggest Tesla thing that Teslas drive away by themselves? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I just, okay. That I mean, it drove away from Leatherface is like, whoa. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. No, I totally get that. But like the other thing about this is that the sister kept popping up. You think she was dead and then she'd pop up at the most cheesy moments. And it's like, no, like stop. Stop with the cheesy comedic. No. In a movie like, but you know what? Maybe I'm a little bit more harder on this one because number one, me and you, slashers are our least favorite subgenre. But at the same time, Leatherface is my least favorite slasher out of all the slashers. I just, I don't think he's as scary. He is. But like these people kind of deserve it because they came onto his territory. It's not like Michael Myers who comes back and tries to murder people. These people come to his territory. They're trying to take over his town you know, they kill his mother. They kind of have a right. I'll to tell die. you, yeah, yeah, for sure. I will piggyback on that, and you definitely empathize for Leatherface that's to a degree. The, that's to a degree. A, that's the thing I hate, though. I hate that they make Leatherface. You have that sympathy for him, like a likable character. It yeah. takes away from mm. it. In the beginning, from the very beginning, it makes it you feel bad for him. And then you almost don't give a crap about these people that are dying because it's like they came onto his territory. They killed his mother. They did all this crap. Screw them. You know? What did we rate that out of five? I don't remember. I think I may have gave it like a three. I think I gave it a three too. Yeah. We could be wrong, but. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. For sure. I wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't either. But I didn't hate it. But I appreciate it, honestly. It's I like it's like a, like there, a 50, there 50. was moments. There was yeah. moments that I'm like, yeah, yeah. This game like you know, like the quote I just said. By the way, you can watch this on Netflix. And we are now moving on to our next movie. And I would think that you're gonna love talking about this one, Ken. So tell us about yes. Antlers. I gave Antlers a five star with a heart, which means it goes into my all time favorite category. This one is about, I did a few, an episode, a few episodes. I just episode a lot. I did an episode a few weeks back on Wendigos. And so this one is, it takes place in a small town in central Oregon. There's a guy named Frank that runs a meth lab and it's in an abandoned mine. And his young son, Aiden, waits outside the mine in his truck. And then Frank and an accomplice are attacked by an unseen creature And so Aiden hears this sound and so he goes in to investigate and he ends up being attacked as well, but they end up surviving and they go home, but then they start to have weird things happen. So they end up locking themselves in this room and they tell their young son, Lucas, that he needs to keep them locked inside no matter what. And then Lucas's teacher starts to suspect that like abuse is going on inside the house and she starts to investigate and then weird crap starts to happen. But if you know anything about the Wendigo and all of that, it is very intense. Go watch my episode because I talk all about it. But I really like this movie. And I like the thing is, is I posted this on my TikTok not too long ago. And I had a lot of people who hated this. And I loved it. 
So it's just like a quick explanation of a Wendigo. Like what, like, well, well, quickly, two questions. One, what movies are the Wendigo in? So we got Antlers. We've got... The Ritual. The Ritual. That's the only two I know. Pet Cemetery. Oh, Pet Cemetery. Yes. Yeah. Pet Cemetery is probably the most famous, right? So let's talk about the remake of Pet Cemetery. If you've watched it and the per- the main character is like, at some point in the middle, they're burying you know, daughter, cat, whatever it is. And you hear these like weird, like noises in the background. Like it's almost like a loon. I don't know. Like if you are like familiar with a loon, you hear those weird, like backwood creature noises, like almost like wolves. Um, It's almost like that, but way more eerie. And that is a Wendigo. So anyway, that's the creature that's based on antlers. And that's what I love about this because it's like folklore. And honestly, we've talked about this recently in some of our movies. And uh, I don't think there's enough like I uh, like folklore is almost its own category. And I just discovered that literally five seconds ago. And I'm going to be a big advocate of that going forward because I don't think there's enough of this. But anyway, any comments on this? Well, not only that, you have Wendigos, you have Skinwalkers. Anything that yeah. takes place in a forest, I feel like is more creepy than supernatural because it's just things out there. Like supernatural, how many times do we hear about supernatural ghost being in movies? Well, and it's Native American based, right? It's yes. it's folklore, but it's based off of tribes and stuff like that. Like creatures in the woods and like anything that's like a creature or like a voodoo or anything that takes place in the woods, I find extremely unsettling. Or even simple things like Bigfoot, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, does Bigfoot exist? Like, that kind of stuff freaks me out. I love camping, and we are super outdoorsy people. But, like, that's the one thing that I'm like, okay, I cannot think about any of this stuff while we're camping or I'm I'm not going. This movie reminds me of Clown a little bit because... The Cloin? Clown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cloin. Because the person is transforming a little bit. It's not like the main character, but, like... There's a lot of little background stuff that's happening, and uh, I don't know. We've we've ruined a lot of movies or like a lot of stuff at this point, but this one respectively needs you to watch it and just understand what's happening. You have to watch the whole movie to figure it out because uh, it's really intricate. There's a lot that happens, but the cast is good. the The development is mostly good, and you just yeah honestly just feel bad through most of it honestly it's uh it keeps you emotionally driven and that's a good movie for that but uh antlers you can watch this on hbo max or any streaming service that offers rentals certainly recommend this one the other thing like before we end this i'm gonna say is that i don't know what it is about like i said creatures in the woods but it kind of has like a possession type thing wendigos they can possess people and like I said, I'm very superstitious on possession and demonic stuff. And I feel like a Wendigo falls under that category of demonic. So it just makes it super unsettling. Aiden, who plays the oldest brother in this, he nailed this role. He killed it. He did so freaking good. Um, this also stars Jesse Plemons. He like he was on that one movie we hated, the I'm thinking about ending things. Oh yeah, but he he's did in so uh, good in this. Yeah, Breaking Bad. That's yeah. right. Most people will remember him of uh, Breaking Bad, the final season. But do you know that he's dating Kirsten Dunst, or he's married to her? Isn't that crazy? That's I don't know crazy. which one it is, but anyway, side note. But this movie, highly recommend. Um, if you have, if you want to hear more about Wendigos, definitely go listen to my episode a few episodes back. Honestly, out of, out of everything on this list that we're talking about, the Wendigo, and like we're from Utah, so I mean, skinwalkers and chupacabras are like a thing. Like Native American folklore is a big deal. So uh, Wendigo, not necessarily in our region, but it's extremely enticing. So the next thing is huh? the thing, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, kind of is like a creature. Right? It is. 1982. This movie came out in 1982, and it's 2022. So what? 92, 2, and 22, or 12. So 40 years. This movie's 40 years old. Right? Is my math right? Yeah. And (laughs) honestly, we just watched this for the first time this year. I've heard about this so many times from people who are like, this is amazing. 
I, me and Peyton, when we see movies that are like pre-90s, we kind of shy away from it. We're like, ah, oh, it's an older movie. We, yeah, we've watched a few this year for the first time that are based in the 80s or the 70s. And we like them. That's the thing. But we every do. time we're like, yeah, it's like a late 90s, early 80s thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to watch it. And then we watch stuff like that and we're like, oh my gosh, that was so good. It really was. This is a cult classic too, I'm pretty sure. It is. So, it. so for those, and, and honestly, I, I assume that a few of our uh, marketing or like our markets are, you know, uh, Gen, Gen X. Is it Gen, Gen X? Z? Gen Z. Gen oh, see, oh my Lord. I don't. I don't even know. Age is just a number. Who cares? Age is just a number. But damn it, a U.S. research station, Antarctica, early winter 1982, is based. The base is suddenly buzzed by a helicopter from a nearby Norwegian research station. They're trying to kill a dog that has escaped from their base. After the destruction or destruction of a Norwegian chopper, the members of the U.S. team fly to the Norwegian base only to discover that all of them are dead. They do find the remains of a strange creature the Norwegians burned. The Americans take it to their base and, ded- and deduce deduce that's a word all right that is i mean i'm sure they don't seduce the alien yeah they don't seduce that it <laughs> is an alien life form i mean they could whatever you have to watch it now everybody uh, has a kink after a while it is apparent that the alien can take over and you know it's kind of like it it's like a shapeshifter right and uh, including humans that can spread like a virus this means that anyone at the base could be infected by the thing and tensions escalate. So everybody is super paranoid in this movie once things are happening. And they all suspect that everyone is part of what's happening. And the movie has almost zero CGI. And that's what makes it special. Practical effects. Yes. Hands down. And it's very intense practical offense. Like, or effects. effects. <laughs> I'm sorry. Effects. And it's got really intense practical effects. This movie is absolutely stunning. It's like cheesy. If you are of the young crowd, you're going to think that this is kind of lame. But anyone who was born in 1982 prior or slightly after thinks that this movie is amazing. And I'll tell you what, as a baby in 1980 or 1992, 10 years after this movie was released, released I just watched this in 2022. And I was crapping my pants. I believe it. It's amazing. Everybody should watch this. It's a classic. And honestly, it should be remade. That's my opinion. What do you think, Hens? Well, that's the thing. Like, with movies like this, they're almost so outdated that you're like, no, that's that's not cool. But this, the practical effects were so realistic yeah. like they still hold they're disturbing to too yeah it's like saw but like a way more believable saw almost right the other thing that i appreciated as a pennywise lover myself and an it lover is in the newer it movie 2017 remember that scene in it where stan is in the refrigerator and he comes out and he's like that spider head oh, yeah. thing mm-hmm. that is from the thing and i would have never guessed that because i hadn't uh, seen the thing at the time okay. but now that i've seen the thing i appreciate that more i'm like oh okay respectively like inspired to that that's cool yeah so I, I actually did not know that no i didn't either until that that scene was the most disturbing where the guy's laying on the table and then all of a sudden he like his head like stretches off and then he turns into this spider thing like very good practical effects very very good because some like stuff you watch from older movies like that in the 80s you're like yeah that's so cheesy well, that's so corny in the original um it series is in the 80s right the miniseries miniseries came out early 90s like 1990 well still though so it's like you know inspired by something that's very relevant for its time by the way you can watch this on Tubi TV plus you know what Peyton that I am talking about the 2017 version when I talk about the little spider head Stan, not the 1990 version. Wait, no, the other one, he's just a head. In the miniseries, Stan is just a head in a fridge. But yeah, this one was really, really good. You know what the funny thing is? Me and Peyton do a thing where we have, we have a horror watch list 
of movies that we need to watch. And I think we have over a hundred movies on there. And so we'll just do a number generator that spins and tells us exactly what we're going to watch because I just feel like we sit and scroll. I'm pretty sure everybody does that where you sit and scroll on Netflix or Hulu, you can't figure out what to watch. So we just do the number spinner. And if it's not on a streaming service that we have, we just do it again. But this one came up and I was like, Ugh, I don't want to watch that. But I'm like, okay, like we promise, like we always do that. We're like, okay, whatever it is, we have to watch it because we find that the movies that we don't want to watch, we end up liking more than the ones that like we want to watch. So this is one that I did not want to watch and I really liked it. So yeah. And I'm pretty sure most people have seen the thing since it is 1982, but we are newbies to the thing. So yeah. Moving on to the next one is a 2022 release, which is No Exit. It's oh, on I love Hulu. this one. So freaking good. So this one is about a young woman who is in a rehab center and she ends up breaking out because her mom is sick and she's dying. So she breaks out of a rehab center, hot wires a car to go visit her in Salt Lake City. And on the way, she's caught in a snowstorm, so she can't get through. So she has to stop at this lodge along the way. And she goes out to her car for a minute and she realizes that a girl is kidnapped in a van and she has no idea who kidnapped her. So it's one of the people that are inside the building. And so the whole movie is her trying to figure out, which actually she figures out pretty quick, which I was kind of bummed about in the beginning, but then it it like has like three different twists. So it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. This movie has like four different major plot twists. And every single one of them will blow your mind. Honestly, I'll tell you this. Out of everything that we're about to talk about, because we have two more after this, this is the best movie on the list, in my opinion. And I was so invested in this movie that Kenzie had to tell me to calm down while watching. And that's never, that never happens. It's one, Peyton was like freaking out so much that I feel like him freaking out was taking away from my suspense. Like it was kind of distracting me. So I'm like, okay, just freaking chill. Think inside your head. And then we'll talk about it at the end. There's a difference than being pissed about what's happening and like being pissed at like what's happening, right? (laughs) Like I'm watching and I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, but it has to happen. Everything that happens in this movie, for the most part, I'm going to say 95% has to happen there's a couple things at the ending that i would prefer to be different but i'll leave that for you but i'll tell you what the main one of the main characters in this movie is the guy from the all-state commercials the big black dude oh man like like it is so hard because you see this dude as like this public figure and you have to reset your boundary of him being like a different character and that is a mind trip it really is honestly i was like oh my gosh like that dude looks familiar is that the all-state dude (laughs) you know and then like suddenly he's like making decisions and i'm like damn it this is not my all-state guy and uh (laughs) hashtag not my all-state dude (laughs) yeah like but seriously it was a damn good movie like honestly I mean, I clearly said the best on this list, but probably one of the best, like top five in the last year, no doubt. You know, there's a lot of good movies in that list too. But you know what? The last few movies that have came out, the last few weeks, have probably been the best movies in a long time. Oh, for sure. This movie will keep you at the edge of your seat, and it's like you know, I I've said a couple spoils at the expense of like I don't care. Most people already know. Most people won't watch it, but no exit. You can watch this on Hulu. It's streaming on there. And seriously, it is so not worth like ruining anything on this movie because it was so good. No, but this is one of those movies, though, like I said, where it does give away who the kidnapper is pretty quickly on in the movie, which I was kind of pissed at. You still, but there's, like I said, no, but what I'm saying is like it gave it away, but then it has like two different twists after the fact so it's like oh i'm bummed that it gave it away already but then all of a sudden it's like oh whoa oh whoa yep but the thing about this is i really think with this one and fresh that we're going to talk about in two movies from now that we definitely should do some bonus episodes on that where we can just go into detail talk about because like there's some movies that just need to be spoiled that we need to get down to everything Mm -hmm. 
So this will definitely be one of, maybe we'll do like a bonus episode with both of these movies in it. So stay tuned. Yeah, this is. We'll probably do that this Thursday. So Outstanding. This is a great movie. Like <laughs> You can find this one on Netflix. Highly recommend. Pretty sure I gave this one a five and I do not give movies a five ever. Yes. All right. Moving on to the next movie. This is a classic. Everybody knows this one. A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. The thing about this one is Peyton has seen this. And we, like, on this list, we're doing movies that we have never seen before. But I have never seen A Nightmare on Elm Street, which makes me embarrassed to call myself a horror fan. (laughs) Because, like, Freddy Krueger... Really? (laughs) Because Freddy Krueger is a horror icon. But me... I saw the remake, which I think it came out. I'm not 100% sure on the year. 1984. No, the remake. I think it came out in 2010, I'm going to say. So I saw the remake first, and I freaking loved it, which is an unpopular opinion. A lot of people hated it, and I think it's because they loved the original so much. 2010, to answer your question. Yes, that's what I said. Oh, sorry. Very much. Sorry. (laughs) But... I really like that one, but that's my introduction into Freddy Krueger. That's the first Freddy Krueger that I ever knew. But then going, so I I have a hard time watching older movies. So in the 80s, it's like going from a 2010 to a 1984 Freddy Krueger. I thought I would struggle with that, but I loved A Nightmare on Elm Street. I really liked it. Freddy Krueger, besides Chucky, Chucky is my number one horror slasher. Freddy Krueger is my number two. I would go to haunted houses. We get to the Freddy Krueger room and I'm like, Freddy, high five. You're my home dude. Like I legit would do that. Love Freddy Krueger. Anything you want to say? Yeah. Well, a notable character. And by the way, I've seen this movie twice in my life prior to uh, 2022. And uh, I did not know that Johnny Depp was a main character in that movie the entire time. Side note. Like we, I don't know if it was this episode or the last episode that we talked about this, but I IMDb every single time that we watch movies and I have to find every single movie that we know that person from. And I told Peyton, like, this guy looks so freaking familiar. Which like, is weird because Johnny Depp, it looks different in every movie I've ever seen. It's Johnny freaking Depp. Yeah. You think of like Willy Wonka. He's got like the Bob Pirates. cut. Like, yep. White, and then you got Johnny Edward Depp. Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Johnny Depp. Then, yeah, like you said, Pirates, where he has the long dreads, and mm-hmm. then Edward Scissorhand, and like he's so like versatile. But I was like, this guy looks so familiar. So I, I am DB'd, and I was like, Peyton, you are never going to guess who this guy is. And I told him, and I was just dying. I'm like, how the freak did I not know this was Johnny Depp? Yeah, that's mind blown. But I think the youngest I've seen Johnny Depp in a movie was Edward Scissorhand. You have not seen Edward Scissorhand. By the way, Peyton will not watch that. Please comment on my Instagram posts for this and tell him he's stupid because Edward Scissorhand is amazing. But Edward Scissorhand, I mean, he looks so different. He's very pale. He has the black hair. He has the scissors. Very different than Nightmare on Elm Street, but I'm just like, what? Like, now I feel stupid, but yeah, so freaking good. The thing about um Freddy, too, that is, I think he's one of the scariest slashers because not only can he kill you, like Michael Myers, you could probably outrun him. You could fly on a flight, go across the country, get out of this place. Like, he's not going to take a flight to Costa Rica. Well, but... let's let's look at movies that are around the time, right? You ha- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, like, with um freddy krueger he can kill you in your sleep you can't outrun your sleep you have to sleep eventually to survive but like can you survive your sleep absolutely not that's (laughs) that's the most uh unsettling way to uh go about this honestly and I'll, i'll leave you with this so in the 80s you had michael myers uh, Jason Voorhees wasn't even introduced to like what the third movie. So like, it's hard to really include him in the original classic and Chucky didn't come in until 1988 and you have uh what's the one girl who's really a dude who's really a girl or whatever, like the oh, sleepaway camp, sleepaway camp. So you have like a few things in the, I think and Halloween, Halloween's like late seventies. So there's so much to compare here. To the point where, like, the movie does not age well, but you respect it. You respect the classics. And 
it, it's good. It's good. It's on Netflix. It's on there for a temporary amount of time. And uh, but like, just be prepared for like really bad CGI and just kind of bad character development. But for what it is, um, the original guy on Elm Street, what's his name? Not Freddy Krueger, but the guy who plays him uh, does a pretty good job. And I'll, I'll I'll definitely like admit that he like. I don't know. It's weird. It's like I feel like '80s movies. It's like when you watch like a like a what would you call it? Um, almost like an instructional video for like wood shop or like a yeah. like a protection video of some sort. I don't know. It's just like it's like cheesy. But uh, Freddy Krueger does not. He's not cheesy. It's everybody around him who's cheesy. That's just I don't know. I'll leave it at that. It's Robert England. He is amazing. You know what I like about Freddy Krueger though? Pennywise is my favorite horror villain. Because he kind of, like, taunts people and, like, mocks them. And Freddy Krueger does the same thing. He mocks his victims. He teases them. He doesn't just slash and kill them right away. He kind of, like, lures them in and does that. I really liked this one a lot. It's just scary, too, because it's like Michael Myers. Michael Myers kind of stays around the same, like, Haddingfield. Haddingfield? Haddingfield? I can't think right now. He stays around there, kills people around there. You got Jason Voorhees who stays around Camp Crystal Lake. All these slashers stay around the same place. Leatherface, he's in his same location. But Freddy Krueger, you know, he can kill you anywhere you're at. Freaky. But I, I really liked it. I liked it more than I thought I would. And I watched, like I said, I watched the remake first. So then when we drew this movie out, I'm like, I just, I don't know if I'm going to like it. And I really did. But next up, we have another 2022, which 2022 has been really good for horror lately. I agree. Horror and thrillers. We have some thrillers coming up on a new, like another episode I'm really excited to talk about. But the next one up we have is Fresh. And Fresh is the horrors of modern dating seen through one young woman's defiant battle to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetite. This is hard to explain, but this is our type of movie. (laughs) This in a is, nutshell. This is a movie, like, we. it's very hard to even talk about without giving spoilers. Yeah, we, like, captured movies, like, in a way, like, Saw without the, like, traps, maybe. If you look at the picture, the cover photo of this movie, you, you kind of get an idea of what it's about. I did, but I did not suspect it, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I didn't either until I was we surprised. watched it. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it makes sense. This is a movie where, okay, so you know how, like, you watch a movie and then, like, after, like, the first scene, like, the title of the movie, like, comes in and, like, the, you know, like, the intro credits. This, like, honestly, the credits in the introduction title of this movie does not come in until, like, honestly, 45 minutes to an hour into it. And I was like, I've never seen anything like that. It's so unique in that perspective. And the character development is good. Who's the main actor? I feel like the main actor is somebody we know. Oh, I'm going to have to Google while we talk about it. But like the with the main, the what's it called? The title card coming in halfway through. I heard a lot of people who hated that, but I personally loved it because I feel like the first half of the movie was like a romantic comedy. Yes. So you're getting through that, and then the second half of the movie is where it becomes horror. It's the guy who plays uh, the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies. Yeah. But it becomes like a horror thriller. So it's almost like that title card splits the movie from the beginning half of what it's about and then the end half. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really added to it. This movie, I give, like, I think I gave it a 4.5, possibly. I don't remember. I don't, but, I don't remember what I gave it either. I'm pretty sure I gave it a 4.5. Yeah, it's the, the the very ending. We're talking last two minutes could be changed. But, like, other otherwise, the movie is executed near perfect. It, it draws you in. It's very, it's like, it's like a movie where... You just are invested in the main antagonist. They're clever and you just like hate rooting for them, but you keep doing it. And it's a good movie. Like second best movie on this list, I had to say. Yeah. The funny thing is, is you We're and... We're talking classics, comparing to classics. But you and my sister, Maddie, said that you hated the end. I didn't hate the end. Like, usually I want more from a movie. I'm like, I want to know more. I want to know more. But I feel like it just ended so perfectly. 
I just wrapped everything. I like to have a little mystery. I like to kind of come up with my own conclusion at the end. And yeah, there was like things that were rushed and a little bit thrown in there, but I really like the ending. This is one of those movies that has a lot of, what is the word, where it's like hidden meanings. Yeah, it's like deep. Yeah. like Sure. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm thinking algorithms. Metaf- it's not algorithm. No, metaphors. Abs- metaphors. <laughs> algorithm. Yeah. What is the word I'm thinking with an A? Analogies. Analogy. Analogy. Metaphor. Yeah, Analogy, sure. Metaf- metaphor. Like, there's a lot of that <laughs> in it. Shut up. <laughs> but this movie will make you want to be vegetarian. You'll never want to eat meat again. Except we ate chicken tonight, and that was really good. Mm. But... <laughs> I really like this Chicken. movie. Okay, my jam, and I feel like Peyton's on the same page with me, our type of movie is like anything that is kind of like an abduction, hostage, like Saw, The Collection, those type of movies where they kidnap people and they have to try to find a way to escape or they're being held hostage or they're chained up. Like that sounds very sinister, but I love those kind of movies. Is there a way for people to comment on your uh, podcast? Um, I can do like a question if they are on Spotify. All right. But well, I do it's not... I, I do do Instagram stuff. Do do? I do do do. Instagram <laughs> it's, posts. It's not super relevant. There's yeah. just a particular season of Walking Dead that stands out to me in this. And if you're listening, you'll know. If you know, you know. It's not a big deal. It's not like a really big like thing. But um, I don't know. It's It's intriguing. And... I did see the title movie art. It didn't really click in my head. You did suspect it. And I'm a person that likes to try to think ahead of the game, try to figure out what's going to happen. And uh, most of the movie was a shock factor for me. So I do recommend it. And you can also find this on Hulu, question mark. Yep, Hulu. There you go. But this one is definitely one that we're going to have like a side episode probably this week. So stay tuned. Spoilers. We're going to talk all about it because this one and No Exit, you just have to go into detail. Mm -hmm. This is what I hate recommending movies that I freaking love like this that I can't just like tell. I was trying to tell my sister about this and I'm like, oh, I want to tell you about it, but I can't, but I want to, but I can't. Like this is one of those movies. So just go watch it. Trust me. Just go watch it. Next one is Delivered. This is another one of the Hulu's Into the Dark anthology series. This one centers around Mother's Day, which is very relevant relevant to right now because Mother's Day is a month away. But this one is about a girl that's pregnant and she's abducted by a crazy psychopath girl. And I thought, like, I really, like, I don't even know how to describe this plot without giving it away. I didn't type the plot out to this. Me and Peyton have, like, side notes where we can, like, converse about it, but... I'm sorry, I did not give you side notes for this, Peyton. Yeah, I did not expect this to be a thing. Yeah, but this one, because this was the last one we watched. The thing oh. about this one is if you've seen Misery, it's literally the same plot, like with a little bit of a twist on it. And this, if, if I hadn't have seen Misery, I probably would have loved this. Misery, 10 out of 10. This movie, 3 out of 10. But like I'm saying, if you haven't seen Misery, you probably would have liked this one, right, Peyton? Yeah. But the fact that we saw Misery and it's the same plot, even the same things that have... If you've seen Misery and you know the freaking leg, I'm just going to say leg, leg, hammer, bam. Same thing, this movie. And it's like, okay, if you see Misery and they're doing the same type of thing, it's like, no. Like, I prefer Misery. I'm a Stephen King diehard. So if I hadn't seen that, I would have loved this. Like, I really don't even know what to say about this because I, like, I just compared it so much that I really wasn't a fan. But if you haven't seen Misery, maybe check this out. No, 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 no. Check Misery out because I don't want you to be like, oh yeah, this is the supreme Misery. Eh." No, Misery is supreme. Kathy Bates kills it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a copycat film and... It kind of has, like, a lot of, like, quick climax, quick, like, de-escalate, quick climax, uh, quick de-escalate. And, I don't know, by, like, the second or third one, you're just kind of, like, bored. I don't know. It, it If it wasn't for Misery, this movie could be amazing. It's really a good movie. Like, the, the character development's good. Uh, the plot's good. It's just been done before, and it's a ripoff. It's just one of those movies where it's like somebody's writing an English paper and they go on Google and they just like paraphrase it. Yeah, I mean, aside from the original movie that it's copycatting, like it's not like it's uh, 
It's not like it's not bad, but it's also just overdone at the same time. I mean, Misery covers everything that you need, so I just recommend just just start with that. Just honestly, yeah. Stephen King knows what he's doing. He's done it before. Love misery so. can't be Kathy Bates. What streaming service can you watch this on? This one is on Hulu. It's gotcha. in the Dark Anthology series. There you go. If you want something to watch for Mother's Day, go watch it. But that is all ten that we have watched in the last month ish, two months. We're trying to watch, what, 182, I think we decided. 182. And we are at a little over 10, so we'll do another one of these pretty soon. But for now, go watch these movies. Pretty much all of them we recommend. There's a little bit of a... There's a few that are eh, but they're not horrible. Anything you want to say, Peyton? Uh, I just want everyone to know that I want the music to cue for the outro. Bye! Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I'll be posting new episodes every Tuesday, so be prepared for more creepy content. Thanks again for listening, and stay spooky, friends.